Hey, everybody. Really great show this morning. We discussed some of the stories in the space like NFT worlds going down in value by over 75% on the news of Minecraft banning the integration of NFTs and blockchain technology into their ecosystem. And that ecosystem is the one that NFT worlds is built in. We also discuss some stories like the Yuga Labs founders being interviewed in TechCrunch and their plans for other side metaverse. A little bit of another side video game deep dive here. Metaverse deep dive in many ways, uh, among other stories like Nickelodeon NFTs finding fair value considerably lower than they were at the top of their first day pump. As usual, our content is sponsored by FTX. You can sign up at the nifty.com slash FTX or with the code the nifty on your FTX mobile app. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. It's Thursday. This is the NFT morning show. We talk all things NFT market. What's going up? What's popping? What's going down? What stock is dropping? I'm P.O. I'm here with my co-hosts, Nifty Nick, Signal, and Easy Eats Bodega. We already got Quad on stage, too. It's going to be a good show. A lot to talk about, as usual. The show is sponsored by FTX. You can sign up at thenifty.com slash FTX or with the code THENIFTY on your FTX mobile app. We are going to jam out on what is going on in the NFT market momentarily. Before I go any further, Nifty Nick, how are you? Airman Apio, it's a reggae morning. <laughs> uh, yo, I'm just uh, enjoying the vibes, you know, of the uh, what, what was going on. You like smoke a fat blunt this morning? Like what was uh, going through? You were feeling the vibes. When I was walking my dog this morning, there were guys outside my apartment, like literally smoking like a massive blunt, just stinking up the whole block. <laughs> and really? Uh, yeah, really. Yeah. I was like, wow. Like 8 a.m.? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you guys are literally just getting after it right at 8 a.m. Like with a blunt nonetheless. You know, it's like, let's get the tobacco in our system. Um, and I was like, all right, cool. Like, uh, and, and I just had my headphones in. I was like, yo, I kind of feel like listening to, to Modest Yahoo. And I played that King Without a Crown record. And then I was like, all right, well, I'm playing this. Uh, this morning what's the next song and I settled on that second song and uh, I mean I was feeling the vibes too sometimes I just want to keep the music going but I feel like uh, our audience wouldn't appreciate if we just abandoned ship on the show I don't know. you could probably play a third song and that would just take up some more time uh, <laughs> makes our job easier have to discuss us discuss anything where's kicks this guy's MIA what's going on he's like on the uh, on the road again yeah, you know, he's a, he's a bit of a prima donna. Sometimes when you're that talented, you don't show up on time for stuff. You know, I'm sure Kanye West wasn't always on time when he was coming up, you know, Nick? Uh, yeah, I mean, I compare Captain Kicks, the Big Mac D guy, to Kanye West <laughs> on a regular basis, and I just see it feels the exact same. It feels the same to me, too, so I'm glad we're on the same page there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't have any other thoughts on his absence at the moment. Oh, I do do have one other thing. Uh, sure. I, I kind of like got kicked out of my position last night, and I don't know what to do. What do you mean? I, uh, well, I fell asleep. Man, actually, this is embarrassing. Literally every night this week, I've fallen asleep on the couch. <laughs> and then uh, I woke up earlier than normal yesterday. Uh, recently, I've been waking up at 3 a.m., on the couch. It's just like the worst. Cause then you like go to bed, but now it's like this messed up thing where you have a lot of energy. So you're not going right to bed. Anywho, uh, that's not the point of the story. Uh, I rolled over, 
check the uh, check the charts because <laughs> that's the first thing you got to do uh, at 3 a.m. when you wake up on the when couch. You, when you sure. wake up at any any different point in time, it, uh, it's your responsibility to check it at all moments. Um, and it this whole Elon thing uh, because they apparently sold their Bitcoin that they had uh, was it messed up the market and forced us under the uh, support level that I'd looked at before that it caused me to buy in. And so then I was like, okay, I don't know where I'm at on this trade. I'm standing by. I'm, it sounds whack. It, my approach is just a disaster at the moment. I'm going to be honest. I feel like I'm just fucking up. It went from just killing it to complete train wreck. Um, and that's where I am at the moment. Well, we're going to talk to Easy uh, about that trade later in the show when Captain Kicks eventually joins. We'll we talk should get to a therapist too. also on this show. I feel like that would really be helpful. I do agree. I, I do think that adding a therapist in the mix would be appropriate. That that would be in line with uh, the degenerate gambling uh, situation that is this show. Um, but yeah, oh, you're I mean, talking like about an addiction specialist. Okay, I, w I wasn't <laughs> even thinking about that. I was just someone who would uh, train us to be at peak performance when it comes to training. You got to be on your A game at the uh, you know all the time. When you're trading in the markets, you know, and you just want to make sure that, like, you're not letting those emotions get absorbed and guide you. Instead, you need to observe them and let them be. That's why we do the meditation stuff. Sometimes you forget that. And out of nowhere, a heavy emotional tsunami comes by and just sweeps you off your feet. Uh, and now you're just hoping that you don't drown. And in that flight or, uh, fight or flight mode, you just don't know what to do. And that's where something like a peak performance coach could come in and help us turn that all around. I mean, I couldn't have said it better myself, Nick. And, and for people that don't know, Nick's been hitting the gym crack of dawn every day this week, really putting me to shame in terms of commitment to fitness. So when you see like a guy that literally looks like a chiseled, oiled up fitness model, it's Nick. Uh, and just say what up to him and, and say, hey, I really enjoy the morning show. Uh, let's talk to somebody a little bit more reasonable. Signal, how's your morning going or your <laughs> afternoon? Yeah, it's good, folks. It's good. Uh, no, Nick, you have me thinking. I think the reason why you're getting a little bit like, like you're losing your streak is because you've been running hot and you've had so many good wins. But sometimes I think your ego is writing checks your body can't cash right now. Oh, and you just damn. Need to, yeah, you, you just need to take a break. Go away from the markets. I think you're over-trading at the moment. Too many hands. Step away and then come back. And then you're going to be good, man. You're going to be good. You just need to lay off the markets for a bit. Just you chill out, line man. from Mark Zuckerberg? No, it's from, it's, it, it's from Top Gun. Is that really a Top Gun line? <laughs> your ego is writing checks your body can't cash. That is like the line. Okay, I, I feel he likes ashamed. it now. Signal. I, no, he likes I feel it now. I feel absolutely ashamed. It was a comment. This this is pretty dumb. It was, anyways, I, I won't tell the story. The bottom line is uh, okay. Appreciate that. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, I'll t I'll tell the story real quick. Nick saw yeah. the new Top Gun movie and then he went and bought the same sunglasses for two hundred bucks okay. right after. That, that's okay. the story. Okay, he was like, I've I need always these worn those. Pio was just this didn't know me. After that meme of him as the guy in top gun here it, it was before but when that meme oh, wow. happened that was full circle you know that that was the uh the climax of that the was whole capitulation thing. at its at its finest <laughs> yeah i got one other question while we're on that since i'm being judged for my uh you know my attire 
Uh, I had previously desired to get a pendant after I had seen this on uh, uh, one of the uh, one of the artifact guys had posted on Instagram a picture of a pendant of their punk that had been created for them. I think it was a gift or something like that. And I was like, well, that looks cool. Uh, yesterday when we were uh, at Sotheby's, uh, Sarah Script and Pio, I shared with them this information and they both ubiquitously agreed, this is the dumbest shit that I've ever heard of. Don't and do so, it. So, okay, so we got a third person I, on I, that, I, that 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 looks dumb as hell. Okay. To be, to be clear, I said that if you buy a CryptoPunk chain, I think that that's a cool thing to have in your house if you have physical collectibles, which you do, right? I think that that's a cool angle for it. But I think that if you're wearing a CryptoPunk chain, nobody's going to think that's cool. You need like a giant Cuban to go over your button down. And that's where you're really going to shine. <laughs> Got it. Well, I would also need like hair on my chest or something like that, which is something that I've never been capable of growing since I never <laughs> uh, made it through puberty. So that's something I've been struggling with all my life. But thanks for pointing that out. <laughs> Over to Signal. Uh, Signal was not with us yesterday because she was busy driving through the European countryside. Uh, I couldn't be more jealous. I'm assuming the end of that drive was greeted with wine and cheese. Uh, I don't. <laughs> no, I don't want to talk no. about it. <laughs> no, I'm out of the countryside. I'm back in the city. The temperatures have dropped, so it's all good. Um, yeah, I mean, all I can say is that the weather's a little bit odd. Mm, today, Thursday the 21st mm, of July. Oddities, oddities, here we go. <laughs> today, Thursday the 21st of July, we've got OS, we've got OpenSea volume at 22 million, so still pretty steady there. We've got the leaders at nine, sorry, we've got uh, apes at 94, mutants at 17, and punks at 81, so all stable there. While Moonbirds have a slight pullback to 25 ETH and Doodles at 11 and Clonex at 10, so steady on those two collections. Overnight, Moonbird oddities are leading the OpenSea ranks. It was certainly uh, an odd day on Twitter. Uh, people couldn't decide if the oddities were ugly or cute, and it's reflected in the price. Kevin Rose tweeted that he likes the difference of the opinion on Twitter. Pre-revealed, these were at 3 ETH, and post-revealed floor is at 1.7 ETH. Coinbase NFT Marketplace just announced they are doing the People Please a White Rabbit drop. We heard about this project from Whoppy about six weeks ago. It's allowing the holders to own and co-produce a series, and that drop is happening on July the 22nd. Borden Dangerous Mint is officially complete. They're on the show, uh, I think it was last week. That collection was a 0.2 ETH mint. It's done a nice 4X and it's currently settled down around 0.5 ETH. And it was a red candle day for NFT worlds and world token after Minecraft announced they are banning NFTs and blockchain tech in their ecosystem. Both the token and the NFT cratered in price upon news. NFT was around 3 ETH before the news dropped as low as 0.5 ETH and that floor is settled around one ETH. On to crypto, we got BTC at 22.7 ETH at 1,493. Obviously, as Nick mentioned, the big crypto news yesterday was Tesla. And so overall, floors and listings of the projects are adjusting as ETH changes. The leaders continue to be stable despite the turbulence, which is very good. And we're also seeing that new projects like Nickelodeon and established products like Crypto Dick Butts catch momentum despite these lower volumes. So overall, while crypto stays choppy, expect to see NFTs follow suit until they settle down. So for now, the 24-hour forecast is windy. Back to you folks. I 
I'm a fan of the mentioning of crypto dick butts. Uh, Pio used to be a member of that community with me, but he decided to turn his back on it. And I just <laughs> think that we should take a moment to shame him uh, for that behavior. I don't um, think it's God, so Pio. I, thank God, Pio. I knew Did you were cool with that. Uh, I will if it sells. I think okay. I I think I am the floor right now, and it'll be probably like an eight hundred to a thousand dollar gain. So that'll that'll pay. Oh, for you me. haven't sold yet. I hate when you talk about it in USDC. It makes me feel so dirty. <laughs> yeah, it looks like someone undercut me. I mean, look, you know, uh, I've I've been around the block in the NFT space at this point, right? And I know how hard it is for pumps to sustain in what is still effectively a bear market. Yes, we had a little bit of a rally. Yes, there were like some great sales over the past three days in various collections and some good overall volume. But for you to expect that there to be, you know, and I'll, I'll use US dollar terms again just to annoy easy. If you expect <laughs> there to be just consistent $4,000 sales over and over again on the crypto dick butt NFT collections. I just think that that's a little bit of hopium, especially given the unique ownership on it. I like the fact that it's a meme pixel art project. I like that a lot. That's what made me very comfortable buying it. I like that punk, uh, 6529 bought right after me and Nick. I like that Sergito was the person that told me about it. I like that Keith Grossman bought in. I like that, you know, all of the sort of NFT Illuminati are into it, like D's, Farouk, and some of these others. But I also am very realistic about how this shit goes down. And yeah, I just, you know, maybe it does rip to five ETH, but in this market with everything going on, you got fucking Tesla selling Bitcoin, all this shit. I, I don't trust it. And I've held enough bags, you know, in my day in the NFT space. So I, I'm good. Uh, I think it's really cool for sure. But I, I'm good. We'll see what happens. It, it, the liquidity is not like electric. Like I might have to lower the price to be able to sell it, um, you know, but but whatever. You know, I, I wanted to hear Kix's this thing about it yesterday, but he was like driving fucking cross country and, and didn't have any reception. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that those are my thoughts on where cross country. <laughs> I'm joking. Oh, I, I thought it was, um, you got to throw some respect on the king, man. Like, how dare you well, treat him in such a way and uh, just kind of throw shade. The, the king, uh, but to be fair, uh, the king did not have a, um, a royal phone yesterday. So uh, he kind of fucked up as well. So there, it, it, there is some shade deserved. I don't know what's happening in this kingdom, uh, but... It has caused for some consternation across the land uh, as people are trying to figure out, uh, you know, what the hell was going on. Yes, yes. My apologies for yesterday, my lieges. Um, <laughs> apologies for sounding tired today. I took two melatonins last night. <laughs> While the king is using sleep aids. Uh, very interesting, uh, your, your highness. Uh, I also like the half-ass king accent that you just did. But in yeah, all seriousness... Yeah. <laughs> In all seriousness, I'd love to get some objective analysis from Kicks on the dick butt specifically because we didn't get it yesterday. Then we can move on. Obviously, there's other stories. NFT Worlds going down to a one That's a floor. Bit. Did you see the news behind that? 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, Signal just talked about it in the weather report. We'll dive into that. That's that's a big story. It's also just absolutely devastating considering those used to move like 25 times a day at 15 ETH plus, which is completely insane. Uh, we all traded that token effectively too right when it came out. I think Kix made like $100,000 trading that token. Uh, and that token is now like cents on the dollar uh, of what it used to be. Um, and, and there's a lot of great stuff to talk about considering Yuga Labs actually did an interview with TechCrunch on their plans for other side metaverse. The NFT space doesn't read, and so no one knows about it. So we'll go ahead and discuss it uh, because no one in the NFT space has ever read before. But Kix, what are your thoughts on Dick Butts objectively? Because like me, you've been around the block. You're also in some of these discords with the sort of Illuminati of the NFT space. I think that a lot of people that listen to this show, a lot of people in the NFT market might not actually understand how some of this shit goes down. I'd love to get some perspective on you on like, you know, how these pumps can happen and, you know, what it kind of might mean for a project longer term. Yeah, I mean, I think crypto Dickbox will probably do good as a project because of like the people that own it. And I think that they like own it as like a funny kind of like meme community sort of play, which I, I like respect. So um, I'm not like hating on it like super hard. It's just not, it's just not for me. Like there's already a bunch of groups that I'm in and I don't, I don't, I don't like to, you know, get, I, I like to make my trades like everyone else. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's cool to get like the heads up on something like every now and then, but like, if that's like 90% of your moves, you know, you kind of start to feel a little dirty inside. Um, and I don't even think crypto dick bots, like you buy one and all of a sudden people are like sending you, sending you alpha in your TMs on discord. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it, here you go, buddy. This is your to-do list for today. Mint this at 11 o'clock, sell it at two 30. It's not like that. I mean, honestly, the people in the crypto, uh, dick bots community are, are like cool guys, uh, and girls that you'll learn a lot from. So I'm not trying to like trash on it like too hard, but yeah, dude, for like, for, uh, you know, two and a half ETH, I'm not trying to buy. Uh, from you know someone that bought it at you, point two. Uh, you are literally ago. causing people to attack the floor right now. <laughs> so the floor has gone down from where Pia was at to now uh, down point two ETH. So thank you to both of you for attacking the floor. Well, no, and, I think it's just super, my bags. It's just super illiquid both ways. I think it's gonna. Exactly. I mean, it's like it's like table rig, dude. I bought table rig at point four four. Went up to one. I didn't sell it. It's all the way back down. I that's just that you know, said, that's just like the bear market you know what i mean like most pumps are going to get like retraced in the bear market because it's just like straight flippers yeah but i there, i have no hate for the crypto dick buck community i think it's like a fun community i was just i was just uh you know trolling you guys a little bit yesterday because you know you guys are buying alongside a lot of a lot of illuminati people so i thought it was just i thought it was funny um but yeah, man, I'm just, especially like right now where we're at in the market, we're kind of just in this even weirder uh, no man's land because of the fact that like ETH went on this pump, which like makes NFTs in an even more awkward position. Um, and so like, I just don't want to be really buying in general right now, but uh, I'm super excited to, to, you know, talk the, the rest of the stuff on the list, Pio. 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. And and I mean, look, Nick, uh, I understand that you're upset because you have a personal investment in this. And that's the most important thing That's what thing this show is about, Pia. This show about is about Nick's taking my bags investment and portfolio. Um, but anyway, yeah, like my objective analysis is exactly as I put it. The thing with NFTs is it's just so brutal to find liquidity. I mean, look, yesterday we talked about Nickelodeon, right? Nickelodeon NFT had come out the night before. Um, it had had its initial pump, which I think it, it's pretty fair to expect that when Nickelodeon abruptly drops an Ethereum NFT with the characters from their hit 90s shows, right, that in the NFT space, there's going to be some kind of pump on that. And also considering, I think it was 50 USDC to mint it, right? So it's like a very low mint cost. It's nostalgic as hell. It's a big time IP brand. And it pumped to what? A half ETH or something like that? It was like 0.42, I think, when we were talking about it on the show yesterday. Right now, it's at 0.13, man. Like with good unique ownership, it's at point. Dude, it's so bad. That's so bad, Pio. It's like, come on, like who who's out there like that can't hold the first Nickelodeon NFT for more than thirty five minutes? But that's what that's what it is. So miss, remember, straight Mr. PVP, straight PVP, man. Yeah, Mr. Market is manic depressive, right? And so in U.S. dollar terms, that's how it, how I've been sobering up with the market is looking at it in U.S. dollar terms. Right now, it's $200 for a Nickelodeon NFT. That feels a lot fairer than the $1,000 that it was yesterday, right? That That's kind of a lot of money for me to think that there's going to be big time upside if I buy it when they're just coming right out the gate with an NFT. And you have to keep in mind that corporate brands have not yet demonstrated that they understand how to like savagely drive value to uh, digital assets. And I mean, look, I, I don't have to be a broken record because I talked about it yesterday. But if you look at all the top projects in the NFT space that are just holding right now, because just holding right now is really impressive, uh, in my opinion, if you're just holding the floor that you had, like, what's up with about- all this fading of the market right now? This is just insulting. I'm getting I'm tired my, of this I'm, nonsense. You're I'm, crushing I'm, the market with your own words right now. I'm, all I'm I need giving is my opium, PO. Yeah, I'm, I'm giving my honest opinion. So just holding right now is really impressive. And if you look, all the top projects that are holding are 100% crypto slash NFT native, where the only thing that the, they're working on is that project. They're not also going and working on their streetwear brand. They're not also going and working on their uh, film studio or cartoon studio. What? Uh, so so that's, that's the way that I'm thinking about some of this stuff. Yesterday was great. Today it's awful. Uh, the only bipolar uh, take I hear is coming from this show right now. So what is this? What is the... the, the crazy maniacs on this show today and i i hate i even hate calling it bipolar because it's it's typecasting a category of people but the bottom line is uh it's the market is a volatile is the thing that i is how i would categorize it um and uh if you got balls of steel which it sounds like the people on this show just don't anymore we just gave up and uh, having thrown in the towel having balls of steel will literally make you leave a quarter million bucks on the table within six weeks. Like, you know, you have a quarter million bucks, then six weeks later, you don't have a quarter million bucks anymore. So I'm just being objective considering I'd say the NFT market moves in like 16 hour cycles in terms of like, you know, what's, uh, what's working and what's not. Uh, and all it would take right now is for some big name to come through and buy 5 million bucks of NFTs or something like that and lead to a huge volume spike. You'd get a crazy rally, but that's not happening right now. And you got NFT worlds trading at 1.08. I'm not trying to be Debbie Downer. I'm just talking about the, the market objectively. Uh, yeah, go ahead. 
I mean, NFT worlds is a whole other, like each one of these deserve their own bucketed uh, category, in my opinion. That said, we've gone on quite a run in the, mi in the midst of a bear market. Absolutely. So obviously some sort of pullback is warranted, but I don't know that um, uh, all of these things are uh, completely disastrous. The, I, as soon as this was Have being- Have you sold your punk yet, Nick? No. Oh, you're fucked. Okay. <laughs> I'm still selling you a portion of it for, for 30K. We, we still... <laughs> Sorry, bro. I, I talked to my lawyer. He said, they said we didn't shake hands. So it's, it's... okay. <laughs> but Nick, go ahead. Finish your thought. I mean, I, I just, the, the thing that happened with uh, Nickelodeon, for example, the thing we were saying yesterday about brands actually having demand in the space and people seeing and saying, wow, what was, how much did it sell for? $50 and now it's worth, it's a 4X Th from that. 300 or something like that? Or $200 now, but it was just trading at $1,000 yesterday. Just trading Yeah, which, which was a little extreme potentially. Um, but there is a sort of uh, collectible and aspect of it, in my opinion. Um, but uh, other people were, saying, were talking about it and were like, well, why this one versus... Um, I'm blanking on the one that Threadguy said. The, uh, uh, what was on the... Uh, well, I'm, I'm blanking on the name of a cartoon network. Uh, their night uh, night shows that they have on there. Adult Swim. Adult Swim uh, version of this, that being a big uh, IP play. Whatever it is, I mean, I still like the nostalgia. That said, you, you are correct from the standpoint that everyone's buying. Most of the stuff we buy is for price to go up, and no one's willing to stand there for a minute. They'll immediately start dumping. Um, well, and, and that's one thing I've been thinking about, Nick, a lot in this space is 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 um the fact of like you know who's who is responsible you know if if people just make things move up in price right because we always hear about like project and it's like oh man they're down like you know 80 percent from the top dude or like yeah they were at 20 ETH and now they're only at like 10 ETH. that's not like the project owners you know what i mean or the company behind it getting like, like arbitrarily setting the price of that you know what i mean it's like the it's like the hive mind of the NFT community. It's such a fascinating thing when you think about it, right? Like, like a thousand for Nickelodeon. It, you know, now that it's at two hundred bucks, you can, yeah, the market was overvaluing it. But when it was at a thousand bucks, like if it went to two thousand, we would have been like, oh, that's a great deal. But it's this weird, just market hive mind dynamic that like makes these prices go in weird directions, and it's like outside of pretty much everyone's control, including the project owners. Yeah, thousand percent. And then, you know, people try to kind of put responsibility on the, the project owners because they bought the top. But the bottom line that, is I bought the top. What are you doing for me? It's like, what? <laughs> I mean, look, man, uh, somebody buys the top every single time. So that's something that you got to keep in mind. But uh, but yeah, as far as other stories go, you know, we got uh, an interview featured article on TechCrunch board ape founders on their plans for the other side metaverse. The big headline coming out of the article is basically that they want to make a Grand Theft Auto-esque experience, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. Well, we have, look, we got Kix. Kix, for context, ladies and gentlemen, Kix is the CEO of a crypto video game company. So he's going to have bias here. Um, and uh, anyway, the other, the other big message uh from what i gathered from this article is that yuga lab said that they want to have an open 
metaverse versus a closed metaverse. And if you don't understand, you know, what that means, it's more like just like how Bitcoin and Ethereum are open networks versus the legacy banking system being a closed network. The theory, which obviously I'm a massive, massive believer in, uh, is that open networks are better. In other words, networks that anybody is able to build on and it creates like a Darwinistic, the cream rises to the top, survival of the fittest mechanic, um, th that those will prevail. And that ultimately those are better for right. the market, for people, whoever. Go ahead, Nick. Give me your, give I, me your skeptic take. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I'm just don't, I don't know that Bitcoin and Ethereum or whatever the, are the proper comparison. It's more like Facebook launched, a, Facebook developer, be, launched oh, ahead, a developer platform every software company goes through this exact same cycle the distinction here though is usually what was game changing for developers which is interesting to see this time uh the incentive is different um before microsoft versus apple this was the exact sort of situation was uh closed versus open or and and Microsoft was kind of more aligned with PC slash IBM compatible stuff back in the day. And so uh, you, you were targeting engineers. The goal was to get engineers to come and build for you. And at that time, Apple didn't have, I believe, the best uh, developer experience. Eventually, they created a really phenomenal one. Uh, and PC had an awful one. Like Windows was just not great. But ultimately, what ends up happening is you see uh, people migrate um, from one platform to the next, developers looking for opportunity. And so uh, Facebook went through this exact same thing, and there was a competition there for a bit. Uh, Twitter launched their developer platform. And the cycle typically or historically has been, we're going to get all of the users, we're going to open up our platform, we're going to give developers slash businesses the opportunity to build things within our ecosystem. And then gradually we're going to pull away pieces of what we've offered to them as we identify uh, massive profit opportunities within the uh, system. Now, I, I, because here, here's the bigger thing. Uh, Other Deeds has shown their ability to, uh, and Yuga as a whole, has demonstrated their ability to raise funds through selling NFTs. But what we don't know is what the economics of their game is at the moment. And that's something where there's a lot of people gambling simply just on the back, the back of hype, which I actually have not seen that work in a sustainable way. Maybe this is the first time that that does. But when you look at like Facebook, uh, th they were built on the fact that developers were able to build apps and instantly have 100,000 people. And that's something, and sometimes millions of people. And that was something that had not previously existed. And that was a value proposition that it was too hard to ignore for most people. And so you saw this evolution of uh, developers migrate to that platform. Zynga was, was at that time kind of the canonical example of success that was being elevated by Facebook. Um, and even Facebook eventually was like, yo, we're going to need to take 30% of your revenue. And then eventually uh, they effectively just killed the virality of the platform. They killed everything associated with it. And no one builds apps on Facebook anymore. It's just completely dead. And the same thing happened with Twitter as well. There was an entire ecosystem of people building for it. So uh, the only replicable thing in the gaming space that I'm familiar with is Roblox. And if you watch a lot of these, uh, there's a great YouTube, uh, 
call it documentary, I don't know what you call it, where the person did some analysis looking at the people that build things. And what they're really trying to get is kids to build gaming, quote unquote, gaming experiences within it. And in order to become a developer, you have to pay money uh, to build in that ecosystem. And 98% or some ridiculous percentage of people don't end up making money within it. So I haven't seen, and that's how they, Roblox makes money, but uh, by under the false promise that this is a good business model, uh, like as though you're building a, a reliable franchise, which you're not. So I haven't actually seen this work yet. I like what, what you're saying is, is the uh, marketing's department, uh, marketing department's uh, approach to saying, yeah, you know, we're building a decentralized world and you're all about that, right? Because there's no corporate control, says the corporation. So like, why am I supposed to believe that? I don't know. I'm a skeptic. I own a board ape uh, and I own multiple assets within their ecosystem. But like, do you really believe anything? Like when, when, uh, when she says that, that you're like, yeah, that's the way that this is headed. Anyway, sorry, I, that that brought up a lot of stuff. So I'm curious to hear other people. Well, let me hear from Signal. Then I want to go to Kix, obviously, because Kix is the video game guy. But Signal, what what are you, you know what are you thinking about? Well, when, when like when you read the article, it's definitely shots fired at Facebook and Meta over the two types of worlds they're building. But over the long term, I definitely believe just because Animoca is behind this as well uh, as one of their investors that they want. Um, they want you know, other deed to be this open land where, um, like software, it's open source and people can build on it. And I heard a very interesting uh, analogy about a year ago from the CEO of Animoca, where he was trying to explain, you know, decentralized theory in, you know, in games and how it happens. And he was using the idea of a car. So when the like when the car first came out, obviously it was just the car, and then people started building components on top of it. So you started um, having baby car seats being built, and um, in the end, it actually forced legislation to be changed so that baby seats could be fitted into the car. So that's where value was created there. And then you have things like Uber. Uber was built on top of cars, and you start to realize that by people owning cars, they can add value to their car, and it's not dependent on the car manufacturer to keep coming up with ideas to think how can I keep adding value to this ecosystem. But if you're using Airbnb and uh, cars, what they were taking was latent inventory. Uh, in other words, inventory that was not being utilized. In the case of ride-sharing cars uh, or even Uber from that standpoint, the idea is, hey, your car is not being used right now. Go utilize it to make money. And there's different forms of it. Uber is one example. It requires the driver to be present in order to make the money. And then you have the Airbnb comparables, which is like um, uh, uh, get around and uh, some of these other different uh, brands that exist out there. So, but in that world, it already exists. So I guess that my question is, is in this world, what exists? We have no one playing a game, like they're outside of the fifth, however many it was last time, 4,000 people that came in for the test. You, so you have those people that are testing out the game, not necessarily guaranteed to continue to interact with the game on an ongoing basis. Like that's, that, there's no clarity around that. So what's their pre-existing thing that they have in terms of, um, from a gaming standpoint, a gaming asset where developers can just go build for it and it's like, yeah, this makes sense. It I don't know. I think it just requires a massive leap of faith uh, for people that are participating in that ecosystem saying, I'm going to go build a business around this. And I've seen that 
just so consistently disappoint people, including experienced people that I've met who've sold successful businesses and then felt like betrayed by Facebook as an example. But I like what you're saying that they used sort of that angle to say, man, Facebook messed this up, but we'll never do that again. But I feel like that narrative is probably being pushed by people who uh, are are not idiots about uh, knowing the the sort of damage that's been caused in the space and knowing that like there's a lot of investors that'll probably take a flyer on this and say, yeah, we'll go find a business that builds on top of Yuga Labs at this moment. So a- anyways, sorry, I, I don't, I don't want to, it's not supposed to be a debate, but yeah, yeah. that's my that's my only counter to it. That, that was great. I want to hear from Kix and then Micah, and then we're gonna go to ZK Shark. Uh, I'm going to limit the other deed talk. I'm gonna get limit the video game talk, but I do want to continue. Go ahead, Kix. Yeah, I'm not even gonna be talking specifically about other deeds. I just actually um, like had a couple tweets about this exact thing yesterday, which is open versus um, closed metaverses, and I I think that like. Nick actually really nailed it on the head with like the Facebook comparison and the Roblox comparison because in a, a, a truly open metaverse means that you can do literally anything in it, right? Like, and you can't get banned and you can't get excommunicated from a truly open metaverse. It's completely decentralized to the point that like Nick could walk by with his board ape avatar and I'd be like, Oh, that's cool. And I just mod my own duplicate of it. And I don't get banned or anything like that. What, uh, other deeds is building is similar to what Nick said with like Roblox and with, um, like Facebook's app ecosystem early in its day and exactly what sandbox is doing, which is, it's actually a closed metaverse. It has ownership and control. They're just letting you mod on top of it so that, you can help them make some more money and you get a little bit of that money too, but they can shut you down. If you do something that people hate in sandbox there, you can get shut down. It's same with Roblox and probably same with other deeds. Yeah. So, so it, I it's think- not, it's not truly open. My comparison with Bitcoin was incorrect because it's not like the CEO of Bitcoin could shut you down. If everybody says, Hey, his layer two is really good. If right? there's terms and conditions, like if you built like a, like a really explicit, like messed up other other deeds world you know what i mean and it was like negative or detriment to the brand if there's terms and conditions attached to what you can do it's not truly an open metaverse i don't think we'll see truly an open metaverse for uh, a really long time but like there will be one and it will be like anything goes like there's not going to be scarce assets in it there's not going to be only only a hundred people that minted this thing can have this thing no you can destroy it rip that and make your own that's like a truly open metaverse and the, it's going to take a while to build because there's not this huge financial incentive to build it if you're truly building it open. So that that's my kind of point. I think we're going to see a lot of closed metaverses that let you move assets that you own in and out of it and let you mod it. But the truly open ones aren't going to come for a while. That, that almost sounds like the 4chan of metaverses uh, that, would eventu- that you're alluding to eventually existing. Micah, uh, let's keep it relatively brief. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I was just going to, you know, rebut Nick a little bit of like, I think he's way overthinking it. I think when you're talking about a lot of these investments at this point or, you know, what what games or what you want to get into, you're really just talking about who ends up in front. Um, I think we're so far away from the actual full utility that when we talk about like buying or selling other deeds at this moment, you're just saying, are they currently leading? Are they are they uh, putting out the right um, updates or teasers to keep people interested. And they seem to be miles ahead of everyone else. 
So I think if we can capture that amount of creativity, this idea of like, oh, years down the road, they might strangle out, you know, their their third party developers. I just don't think that's relevant to talking about, like, whether or not you should buy or hold one right now. Fair. Uh, so we got ZK Shark on stage. I actually think that you've been on the show before, ZK Shark. If not, you've been on Easy Show. And you have a D-God as your PFP. For people that don't know, D-Gods is basically the number one Solana project right now. One of the founders, Frank, has emerged as a thought leader in the Solana space. Really young guy, graduate of Y Combinator. Uh, says that you are the D-Alpha lead. So the uh, I'm assuming you are what they call an alpha caller in the D-Gods Discord for D-Gods holders. And it sounds like in real life, you're an investment manager, securities trader, and research analyst. Hit us with that good stuff, ZK Shark. No, no, thanks for the uh, introduction. It was a, a great one. And yeah, I've, I think I popped in a couple of times. I'm a frequent on Easy Show. Shouts out to Easy. You Some sound best, like Frank. Uh, yeah, a lot of the D gods <laughs> sound like Frank. It's Every day, D gods sound like Frank. <laughs> All the D gods just sound like Frank. Okay, all right, guys. Sorry, I'm just, just playing. No, no, I was actually chiming in. I know you want to keep it brief on the uh, metaverse stuff, but after reading the uh, TechCrunch articles, kind of something I really thought was interesting was that uh, they mentioned it being multi-platform, like desktop, mobile, VR, and they actually even talked about someone tweeting, hey, I just killed the dragon, then you could click on it and perhaps be in that exact moment. So I think like the bigger picture here is really, uh, this is kind of gaming really getting involved with metaverses and it, it's still early. And I, I think Yuga has a war chest of capital to, you know, incentivize the best developers to build on it. And as far as a platform goes, I, I could see this kind of becoming uh, somewhat like Fortnite or, or something like that in terms of uh, just global usage, very little upstart costs and kind of just having a, a community where you could really test games out. But yeah, I'm, I'm pretty bullish on it, to be honest, just because uh, everyone's talking about it. And then uh, on far as the Solana side, there's a, a decent mint going on today, uh, Fruits on the, the Bitfrost, which is a new launch pad. Everyone kind of saw the Zunis uh, launch on OpenSea yesterday. It's still about, like I think, 60% minted out, if that, now. So, yeah, it's an uh, interesting time in the bear market, but that's, that's what I'm keeping my eyes on now. Easy, what do you think of that mint he just mentioned? We got an AMA with them at 11. Me and Sean are going to be talking to them. So we'll see how they handle it. Yesterday's was with the Zunis, and it was god-awful. And clearly OpenSea may have not done their due diligence on the project. I've talked to Fruits a few times. They're OGs in the space. They got some funding. My only concern is that, like, the food and beverage industry is really tough to break into from, like, an actual, like, Web2 standpoint. So I'm going to be interested to see how they plan to navigate it and differentiate it in Web3. Wait, can you confirm it's a... Hey, hey Mike... Uh... Mike, it sounds like you're in like company. Yeah. yeah, so they're they're making like juice. <laughs> well, that yeah, bullish. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad that I don't have to get grilled by Easy and Shill and Villain because that uh, that does not seem like a super fun thing to do if you don't really have the stuff. If you have the stuff, you're good to go. Um, but ZK Shark, since you are an IRL investment manager, securities trader, and research analyst, what do you make of where we're at in the market, you know, broadly speaking? Uh, because I think that a lot of people have been scared. We got a little rally this week in the crypto markets and stocks too, for that matter. What do you make of what's yeah, going on? Yeah, well, that's on? over. Yeah, I mean, uh, just the general thoughts in, in a bear market, you have aggressive rallies. A lot of it's uh, either short covering or, uh, you know, just some aggressive buying with sentiment changes. So 
I think kind of the last week uh, is more of a short, more likely to be a, a short term rally in the grand scheme of things, because as far as the general macro picture goes, you know, inflation. Uh, now you have a lot of uh, trouble going on with mortgage affordability. So mortgage affordability is up like 41 percent in the last few months. So that, that's starting to get impacting in housing. So on the macro side, I think you have a lot of concerns. Oil is still around $100 a barrel, which people are celebrating. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I don't really see any real macro reason to get bullish right now. Um, as far as a trading perspective goes, like this is a great market to be a trader if you're active, but, you know, it takes a lot of attention. And then also just, uh, you know, the geopolitical risk is very high. And uh, not to mention there's uh, s- some hurricanes potentially forming. So, yeah. Like, can- like literal hurricanes? Yeah, like I'm saying, uh, the, the reason why that's significant is, uh, you know, a lot of oil production for the U.S. comes out of the Gulf. So if, if you have a hurricane that disrupts production for a few days, uh, you, you could see gas prices skyrocket pretty quickly. So that that's something I'm watching kind of as a somewhat of a black swan event. But yeah, uh, futures are kind of flat to down right now on the, the most indices. So yeah, I don't really see a huge reason to, uh, you know, back the truck up here. Uh, maybe start, you know, dollar cost averaging in if you want to have a long-term perspective but that's kind of just my thoughts well great thoughts you're also uh competing with signal in the meteorology department so signals better watch out uh we always are looking for more weather people on the show uh uh, elizabeth laguna carta the full-time product manager at the nifty you requested to speak what's going on Uh, I just wanted to mention that there are things on Ethereum that are minting today, and specifically they mint at 10. So Memeland has their potatoes, and then there's another competing mint with, like, interesting art that, like, may or may not do well, depending on how Memeland mints, but there's stuff actually minting today that people are interested in. Nick? Uh, I I don't know what just – what what do you mean? Uh, Sorry, I I was sending you a message. Uh, what are the mints today? Uh, meme land is uh, nine gag is make is uh, has a potatoes meme uh, that they are minting at ten, and then there's another project called XI. I don't know how to pronounce it. XI Meta that's also minting at ten. So at least there's something to trade today. Excellent. Uh, how do we access the links for those? Are those shared in the Discord? I will find them and share them. Give me a second. Okay, excellent. And wh- why why are we minting these? Uh, the meme land potatoes are likely going to do well because it's a nine gag mint, uh, and that one like should do well and should trade well. Um, the other one I'm not I'm not as familiar with, but uh, it's the competing mint at the same time. So I thought I would mention it. Meme land potatoes for everybody. Uh, the website is potatoes p o t a t o z dot memeland dot com. Uh, what the hell am I looking at here? Like this is, uh, so, well, okay. This is full degen. I like it. Uh, it looks like there's already a supply on secondary set at point four, uh, 0.67. Uh, it's, uh, and the, and the placeholder graphic is a pile of poop with a water can watering the poop and it, uh, beginning to expand really high quality art here. Um, so I would say, but in all seriousness, the fact that nine gag is behind this, do they have other collections that they've dropped before? 
Good question. I don't think so. I think this is the first one that they're doing. It's um, interesting to see, though, but 9gag is a site where other people can share uh, memes and content. Not uh, the 9gag themselves does not actually generate it. So it's interesting to see the company themselves generate one. Uh, that'd be like Giphy, for example, where anyone can upload a GIF, create GIFs themselves, which uh, with themselves, which I'm not familiar with them doing, um, unless uh, maybe that's like a monetization model with them. Um, and then someone in the Discord said, as Nick was shitting on potatoes, he remembered that he bought a crypto dick butt. So <laughs> fair enough. Um, that's pretty fair. Anyways, well. That's that's one of the main ones here. Nine gag doing a mint. What's the mint price? Do we know? It's free, so that also explains why the price is going to. I be like up. that. Uh, is there just going to be a gas war for this? Uh, there's an allow list, so TBD, and then there's a public mint. Um, Nine gag did have another mint before this, and those are the people that are getting airdrop the potatoes now. And it's a 420 supply pass that's got like a 23 ETH floor. So they've been playing in the space. We'll see how the potatoes do. We'll Already, see how the well, potatoes do. Quad, I'm, not on the, I'm not on the allow list, which is annoying as hell. Um, <laughs> so that's really fun. Yeah, uh, the 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 nine gag CEO is actually I incredibly deep in NFTs. So that mint that they've had before was essentially their their VIP pass, where they did this blind bid auction, where you just submitted what you felt you would uh, you would pay, and then like the top, I think four hundred and twenty uh, paid that uh, amount to a wallet and got this big VIP pass. The interesting thing about potatoes is. So 9gag came out with meme land, which hasn't actually minted yet. And they started pumping meme land, meme land, meme land. And then they just kind of pivoted to this free mint potatoes. And I believe that that's because the CEO is so uh, deep into NFTs. He realizes that launching his like flagship uh, long term NFT for 9gag in this market is not what he wants to do. He wants to do the free mint. So. I think that this is a, a pivot to uh, a meme, which is something that, um, you know, 9gag is, is uh, 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 surrounded around. And because of that, uh, and it being the Freeman meta, uh, I, I think it's a fantastic pivot and kind of makes me really bullish on the actual meme land project that comes out because these guys seem to know what they're doing uh, with, with, with kind of pivoting during this, uh, this market downturn. You on the allow list, Quad? Well Nope. Man, that's nope. disappointing. Uh, well, so do we know uh, what percentage of this is going to be able to mint it by the allow list versus people who are not on it and listening? We probably don't. Yeah, we don't. Okay, uh, but, well. Yeah, we can pay attention. Well, no problem. Why don't we pivot here to the technicals and let's look at the crypto technicals, Bitcoin and Ethereum. This is uh, for, for people that don't know, we've been in a live trade this week. Sounds like Nick got out of the trade. Uh, the idea was based on the technicals, like the levels that Nick was looking at, the levels that crypto cred uh, was looking at. I know Keyboard Monkey was very opinionated about which direction the crypto markets were going to go in. And then ultimately, right, uh, the crypto 
crypto astrologist Marin Altman, who everybody's trading uh, based on her calls. She said that we were going to pump through the 28th. So that's a week from now. Uh, she said that we were good through the 28th, and a lot of people are bullish on that because she's been uh, creepily right with some of her calls, like down to the day, and has even caught the attention of some of the big on-chain analysts from the Bitcoin world, like Will Clemente. Uh, so, so Nick, what are your thoughts on the technicals of where we're at right now? Well, I'm curious to hear others as well. I'm curious to hear what uh, Easy thinks, although he's not on the stage. He just sent me a text message, though, so I'm confused. Um, uh, yeah, I, and I'm also cu uh, curious to hear what the, uh, King, uh, here believes about this market. I, so it went below, uh, my level. Look, I, I can't predict the, the future and the, the whole Marin thing is something that I just, um, I have not broadly traded with, uh, historically. Um, <laughs> you mean you, you don't, you don't trade based off of a TikToker? Uh, no, I don't. So, but I do trade off levels and we went over the level and then we retested it and broke below it. Now we saw this happen before as well. Um, one of the lines that I was looking at, we went above, we broke above, we then went back below and then ultimately went back above. So it doesn't mean the death of this trade necessarily. Um, but I don't know what to make of it because the problem was what we were originally anticipating was sitting in this trade for the week as though we can predict the exact direction of the market, which we can't. I was way up on the trade, retraced heavily on that. Um, I, I need to go look at what my net out on this position was. Um, but ETH is still at 1,500, which is incredibly strong relative to just a week ago, right? So we're still in a very strong position. We were down at like you know, 1,200 basically one week ago. We're now at 1,500, which is a huge jump. So we're getting, um, uh, that's a 25% increase still that we're up week over week, uh, which is phenomenal gains. It doesn't look awful on the tech. ETH doesn't look bad on the technical side. In fact, I would almost uh, consider um, sticking with ETH at the moment. Um, on ETH BTC, it's, you're also seeing it uh, push back up. And we could see a nice, after it had uh, done a pullback, that rally again. So I would not be fully surprised to see maybe even one more ETH pump here. But uh, the, the bigger thing is, look, it's impossible to call a bottom. What we're waiting to hear it, to see is, um, do we have more negative uh, macro signals on the horizon? And it seems like the broad, the general consensus is yes. Um, but the general, uh, the, the general consensus is not always right, and going against general consensus is how you make uh, historically most of the gains in this space. So I'm looking just on the technical side. Bitcoin is below the level that I was looking at, which was 23K. It's above the uh, 22,100. I had a more conservative level uh, than, um, uh, than CryptoCred did. We're actually slightly above uh, the other level I look at, which is 22.69 here, um, is what I'm looking on the uh, Bitcoin side. So we yet we haven't really fully capitulated on this trade. It may not be a bad idea to uh, stay in it, see this go up, and uh, maybe it does turn around. The only thing going against us is the uh, end of the month headwinds. And I don't remember if that was the 28th. 
eighth or what date that was that Marin had said, and uh, Easy's gone. The twenty eighth. Okay, so maybe we get one more pump here, and uh, the the target that I had on the uh, triple bottom, whatever that uh, was, was actually up at twenty five k, and we didn't we didn't hit that. Um, the higher target was 30K just in this uh, broader range. If you look at the daily or the weekly, um, we end up towards that, uh, more in terms of overshooting. So, uh, so I, I, it, it's sort of at the standstill. It, we're, we're not technically in either direction at this moment. So we're sort of just chopping, and uh, it's not a bad idea. I mean, you can you, we, we have seen a pullback from the top, if, you, if you're into gambling, this may, this may be a decent gamble uh, because we were running super hot there uh, for a hot minute. Um, and so having the uh, – uh, I know Captain Kickslut is a big MACD guy here. <laughs> so uh, we did see – and also I like looking at the RSI. That's come down uh, significantly. So who knows? I'll, I'll be interested to uh, see how this plays, but it feels like right now we're in chop zone. So – uh, exiting was not technically the best uh, move. I may, I may, I just didn't know. Uh, stupid, one of my middle middle of the night things, um, and I'm right. I'm jotting that down in my trading notes and being like, <laughs> "Don't do that shit." <laughs> like, like literally, I, stop doing that shit. I mean, you know, I don't think we've talked about this. Just a quick one. You're keeping a journal now on the trades, not just for the enter and exit points, but rather the the mindset behind why you were entering and why you were exiting. And I think that that's a really productive way to kind of, you know, evaluate your trading activity, especially if you're doing it a lot, because all these all this shit blends together when you're doing it day in, day out. Um, well, we got the MACD King, King Kicks, uh, repping the MACD squad. Uh, what do you think of what's going on right now in the crypto markets, Kicks? Are you, are you taking a position? What are you doing? Um, well, Wait, uh, hold, on, hold on one second there, Kicks. I feel like we didn't pay respect. Welcoming the MACD king. The king of the, the MACD. <laughs> Welcome. Please provide your technical analysis. <laughs> Thank you. God, I love that horn. This is the best <laughs> intro ever. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I when we were back in late June, I, I said that I thought that, you know, ETH would get to like 1700, 1750. We got to 1600 before we hit some resistance and we're, we're now kind of ranging between 1500 and 1600. I still think that it's possible that it goes up to um, 17,750. It may just be a little bit of like a slower grind up. Then the previous move, which was, you know, very rapid, we went from, you know, 1250 to 1600 very quickly there. Um, same kind of thing with like Bitcoin. Uh, but basically I sold like, uh, I sold out of um, most of my alt positions uh, uh, early yesterday, uh, just because a lot of these alts have made over a hundred percent gain. Some of them like Matic made like over a 200% gain from the bottom. Like that's, that's pretty wild in a couple of weeks, especially like in a market that still has some de degree of uncertainty. So, you know, I exited the more like risky alts and I think I sold uh, a, a chunk of the ETH around um, 1500 and then I didn't, or sorry, 1550. And then I didn't get the best sell on half my Bitcoin, but I sold half of the Bitcoin at, uh, at 23 K. I mean, I could have sold it higher, but um, 
it, it started getting like a little downward pressure. So I still have um, some exposure. I've just, just trimmed it down by a significant percentage up at these levels. Um, and I'm just kind of sitting, it's kind of like no man's land. I think it, I think it can definitely uh, keep creeping back up. I mean, heck it could, it could explode back up. Um, who knows, but, um, I feel like, you know, just taking some profits was, was a good play. Awesome kicks. Well, thanks for the perspective. I just want to, uh, I'm not trying to switch gears. I want to talk more about the technicals. I didn't realize that the potatoes were already trading on the secondary market. That's, that's what I said. They have a floor of 0.75 or something like that. Yeah, they're they're pumping hard, like really hard. Um, that's interesting. That's quad. Did you buy any on the secondary? No, because there there should be a pretty large supply coming out, and it's it's all a free mint. So yeah, I I, I don't know. I think I think that if you're buying these this early with uh, a a big amount of the supp supply not out, that's just probably not not the greatest uh, idea. Yeah, but hey, yeah. I, I could be wrong. Little bold, but it it is hard to say. Uh, Tableland, similar situation, not as big of a supply. Okay, but anyway, sorry to sidetrack here. Any other thoughts on the technicals before we move on? Maybe not. Uh, I don't have any. Uh, I appreciate. I mean, what happened to twenty three k? You know, I I want to just express the emotional experience that happens with these damn trades. Is like. The, the pump, you're, you're excited, you're feeling the greed, you're considering yourself the greatest trader of all time, which I am, and then, uh, and then you're sitting there and suddenly it just hits you straight in the face. And this is why we got to get some performance coach on this show to just, <laughs> to just walk us through this, really just help us make sure that we're staying on our game. Uh, frankly, well, you, got, you got screwed over by Elon Musk, man, one, uh, or rather Tesla. Um, uh, which is a, a Tesla is a terrible crypto investor. You know, they, uh, they bought at, uh, 31 K and sold a year later at 29 K. Um, so great trade there. Um, who do you I, think we should hire here? Uh, Tony Robbins. I think he'd be a good candidate. I feel like he's probably available. You know, I think we can afford him. That, that sounds good to me. Okay. So yeah, that's what we'll do. We'll get Tony Robbins on this show. Just really walking us through walking us through it uh or maybe we can just look up on youtube for a performance coach who just gives us that type of motivation that we need in the morning that's right i'm happy i'm happy if we get tony robbins only if nick walks in the hot coals first <laughs> and the hot coals there we go gonna, he's gonna yeah. do the sauna the cold plunge like, all that shit this is do you ever listen to like this motiversity you don't seize the moment this guy the moment no, will find no. someone else who will. The, the I didn't come to just motivate you. I came to transform your life. Pursue the fire. Embrace the new. Embrace Stay it. All that you do. <laughs> Breathe the real. You are enough. He became like a rapper like version. It didn't start with that. Like he literally would give these like performance talks. This guy, Billy Allsbrook. And he, he like went viral on YouTube walking in and just like pumping up a room of people. And now it's like borderline, like it sounds like a preacher with a, with a beat behind them, kind of, who's like rhyming. And so it's like kind of a rap. Like it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a weird, interesting uh, combination that they have going on there. But we need some of that. You know, we need some. We, maybe I reach out to Billy. We get Billy on this show just to like set our mind right. I, I like the idea. Sig, was there something else you were going to say about Tony Robbins? 
No, only that I want Nick to walk on the fire first, and then and then I'll follow. Perfect. That's like a, a like stunt at events all over the place now. There there was one in New York the other. I got like an email from from there was a networking event, and they're like, and you also have the opportunity to walk on, uh, walk on hot coals as part of. I, I think it was a sales pitch to join one of these like entrepreneur networks. Um, anyways, and that that was one of the events there. It's not high on my list to walk on coals, but I mean, apparently it's not like a, a dangerous activity. So you you, uh, you you just do the walk and you're done. Well, last so. night, the event guy said that for one of his events, he had got a parachuter to come, but the guy landed oh. at the wrong party. <laughs> so he's like 1200 bucks down the toilet. He parachuted to the wrong party. It was that was pretty hilarious. Uh, just like. What a painful experience. We were picturing the party like being in New York, like the guy ran into the side of a building. Like, didn't wasn't like able it, to make it onto the rooftop, unfortunately. We lost we lost a good guy. He jumps out of the plane and he doesn't know which rooftop he's doing. He just looks at the one that's the most lit and he's like, Oh, it must be that one. Okay, cool. Well, anyway, ladies and gentlemen, quick reset. This is the NFT morning show. We do this show Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 10 30 a.m. where we talk all things NFT and crypto markets. If you have a project that you want to talk about objectively, not a bag pump, not a shill, then definitely raise your hand request to speak we'll let you on stage it will allow you to grace us with your analysis we're sponsored by ftx you can sign up at the nifty.com ftx or with the code the nifty on your ftx mobile app if you spend over 200 dollars using our code you will get 20 free dollars in the crypto asset that you buy so go buy your ethereum with some of the cheapest spreads at ftx and if you get comfortable with the platform then you'll notice that they're rolling out fractional shares stock trading without payment for order flow uh, so your trades aren't going to be front run and you can buy stocks while the crypto markets are down you can buy the dip on tesla after they sold bitcoin for a loss you already know we're going to go here for another 19 minutes we're going to talk about nfts let's keep it popping um so moving on we got stoned dobby.eth on stage it says you are a funeral director by trade what a job, but you are a Web3 junkie by choice. You requested to speak. What prompted you to make that request, man? What do you want to talk about? Yo, yo, yo. What's going on, guys? I'm actually just pulling up to a call right now. I'm like two minutes from the house, unfortunately. So I'm going to have to make this pretty quick. But my initial thing was about uh, when Nick was making his reference from Facebook to Animoca Brands. I think that Rather than the developer squeeze, I think that Animoca Brands long-term could squeeze out consumer data, kind of like what Facebook did. Because if I recall, I don't own any uh, Yuga inventory at the moment, but if I recall, you had a KYC to claim your Ape token. No, you, you had to KYC if you wanted to buy the land on the primary sale. And it actually okay. didn't even it didn't even have to do it with whether you owned Yuga assets. Anybody could just do that. So basically the cost of getting on the other deed land sale whitelist, if you will, was just to KYC early enough. Um, and then if you did do that and you did buy it, you had to buy it with ApeCoin. Uh, you would have made a big profit if you sold it pre-reveal because it ran up to eight or nine Ethereum. And the, the price to buy it because the weird gas war that they created was like three ethereum so it was, a, it was a big win if people you know flipped it pre-reveal okay understood that's so my thought process was yeah it's animal brands and more people uh continue to use web3 we get more kyc kind of requirements which leads to them getting our 
consumer data information, they can repackage it to other companies, kind of like what Facebook did, and they can access, we kind of get the same situation that we got with Facebook kind of selling our data to other companies, countries, and stuff like that. So that's just kind of a thought process that I've been thinking long-term, like as well, people kind of- Facebook's not selling your data. They monetize it by using it in their ad system. So they're not just well, like taking your- Correct. I apologize. I didn't mean like that they're stealing it from you. Like we willingly gave it out. They repackaged it, figured out how to sell it and monetize it to other companies. Correct. I didn't mean it that they are directly stealing it from us, but- No, I didn't say stealing. I said selling. They're not selling it. Okay. Anyway, uh, we'll figure out what, what they're doing with your data. Uh, I understand your point, Stone Dobby, and I agree with you in the sense that Yuga Labs is very, very corporate. So while Board API Club, the NFT collection in the community was very punk rock for the first you know X number of months or a year, when you watch that interview with the Yuga Labs uh, CEO, when you kind of pay attention to some of the, um, the action that they've taken, uh, I would argue that they're very, very, very corporate. Um, we got Jonah on stage. Jonah is the expert, the expert's expert on researching gaming NFTs. Uh, however, we don't always want to go as deep as Jonah can go. Jonah goes into the deep end. Okay, buddy. So let's, uh, let's keep it surface level here, Jonah. I do want to hear what you want to talk about. You're like we putting handcuffs on him. I, I got to put because he's so good. It's like, you know, when when uh, one guy's so good and, and he's in the wrong league, it's like, hey, man, this is the casual. It's like the intramural basketball team. I know that you played semi-pro. So, you know, we just got to kind of curb it. This is just for fun. It's like okay. that leash that you put on your dog. <laughs> okay. Uh, Jonah, what's going on, man? Yeah, well, I appreciate uh, the, the leash to dog to comparison, Nick. Um, really, really appreciate it. Um. So what I want to talk about, well, NFT Worlds has created quite a, um, I think, a bigger deal than people realize because it's not news that's just relevant to Web3, but it has uh, created positions in the Web2 market um, around executives who, and you, you get an idea of who believes in what. Um, I just think it's important that uh, people know that Tim Sweeney and Epic Games have taken a stance on it and they are pro open systems. And he uh, was asked to, to remove Web3 games from the Epic Game Store because Epic Game Store is allowing Web3 games to list there. And he said, no, that's not going to happen. Uh, you have a right to choose what you want to play. Uh, if you don't want to play it, don't play it. As long as they don't violate policies, we have no intention and we will not be doing that. So I just wanted to say I thought that was a really important thing because um, everyone's paying attention to Yatsu, uh, but Epic Games is like 30 times larger than you know any of the other people in the space. So it's important to know that. Wait, sorry. So this is just a comment that Epic Games had said. What does that have to do with? Do they does Epic own Roblox? No, but they own distribution. And if you want to build your own Minecraft, or you want to oh, sorry build, Minecraft, my apologies. Yeah, if you want to, if you want. It's just important for Web3 people who know that if you're building a game, you want to get that on the Epic Game Store. It's it's because it's distribution is almost more important than game development. If you don't have a distribution system, you have a, you probably have a dead game. I think it's worth mentioning, though, the aspect because you jumped the, the, the beginning of that, which is what went down with NFT Worlds. We mentioned it briefly, but their floor dropped because uh, Minecraft essentially was like, we're not supporting Web3. And 
and, and so uh, that just killed NFT worlds, right? Like, is is that a proper oh, yeah, assessment I, of what so went down? I, so yeah, I, yeah they're, they're, I mean, all right, my opinion. So no, no. I, 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 before we discuss opinions, I want to just get the facts straight about what went down because that's, oh, that's, that's informing all. That's, fine. that's informing all of the commentary that that we just had. So I feel like in order, yeah. Yeah, so essentially, they so Arc Dev, which I guess is one of the founders, they claim that yep. they've been within the what's called the EULA. So that means end user license agreement that they fit within the terms. <clears throat> they make the claim and they they say they support the evidence to the fact that they've already been in discussion with Minecraft since the early days and that they always felt they were within compliance on what they uh, requested or required of them. And that this was a basically a rug pull from Minecraft themselves, that they had no idea this was going down. So, uh, so that, NFT Worlds is a, a game or was creating a game which uh, is built on the backs of Minecraft, correct? And so the, I, the, what, like, what was the idea there? The idea was that they could sell these different worlds and the NFT itself was a reference to that world that you uh, had the basis for. Am I, am I correct with that? Yeah, essentially. So with Minecraft, you can buy your own separate servers from their like main game or their main game servers. There, There is a huge company that does this that's like 10 times bigger than NFT Worlds, but they do it for Web2. It's called Hypixel. Um, and they own a server called Hytale. It's one of the, the biggest and most popular in Minecraft. So um, which, that's a whole other thing. So let's let's forget that. But that exactly what you just said. It's that's correct. It's built on Minecraft's technology. It's built on Minecraft's server, but it's a separate what we would call instance, which means it's a separate server. So okay, there you go. So, so so okay. So we start with this company, NFT Worlds, a company where there was immense hype. The NFT used to trade at incredible levels, and then eighteen ETH floor. Like, yeah, and, you know, 50 and, sales a day at 18 ETH. We, we had ArcDev on our show that I and, think that was a precursor to this massive run, basically. Not that we uh, are taking credit for that run, but the bottom line is, like, we, we witnessed the, the rise, essentially, of this uh, brand. And when is, he was on our show, he said that they were friendly with Microsoft and Minecraft, like Jonah just said. Yep. And so then out of nowhere, which... It harkens back. This is an exact scenario to what I was describing with when you build on the platform, you get bit. Like that's it. That's what happens. And inevitably, the, the, you're going to be yeah, there for Nick, a bit. The, the tough thing is that like they could have legitimately been talking to someone with a high management position at Minecraft who thought that they were within terms and literally like one guy or, or, or lady on their board meeting. You know, like uh, Mojang's board meeting could have been like, nah, this NFT stuff needs to go. You know what I mean? So, like, my point being that, like, I am MarkDev. They could have legitimately been talking to people at Minecraft uh, slash Mojang that were fine with what they were doing, right? But all it takes is one arbitrary person with a lot of power to uh, completely shut that down. Um, they which they is could have, but, but as a reflection of the space in general, it's much more likely, at least with other ones, with these gambling NFTs and other things, that people are just like, eh, we're just going to do it anyway. And everybody's going to buy into it. In this case, there probably was a little more dialogue back and forth and it could have been a rug pull. But like, I don't see how people can be so upset that like, it'd be like if I was going to be like, oh, I'm going to do this, sell this weed that's it's illegal, but I, I'm, it's, it's going to be legal in the future. Or no one really cares. It's like you can't you can't get upset about investing. Well, yeah, in this was always the or based on something that. Is I mean this is this has kind of been the problem with the space the whole time. It, it, they they basically were like yeah, there's kind of this implied 
promise we're going to be able to do this. And it's like, that's not how yeah. the world really works. You can't, you can't really complain unless, like you said, unless it was really like a done deal and then someone pulled, you know, like, yeah, it wasn't deal. in writing. It wasn't in writing. It was kind of like, you know, gray area. Like we've been told that we're operating within the terms and conditions. And so we're okay. They didn't have like a signed contract, you know, from, from Minecraft or Mojang or anything e like that. Even if you have a signed contract that we've seen this happen before, uh, Facebook, Microsoft, all these big corporations end up changing the terms at any given point and they have more money than you. And so they're going to be able to change the terms however they want. So it doesn't even really matter all that much. And, and if they end up losing a lawsuit, great. They, they just get a slap on the wrist and they pay a few million dollars and uh, it's all over. My well, biggest... what's interesting is their, their plans to move ahead. So they, they laid out two scenarios. So one is is that apparently they out three not two. Oh, three okay jonah you want to take it off you want to lay them out yeah i just want to say real quick before like, and this is not going deep but you need there there are bigger forces at play that that i think cause this but i don't have evidence to it um and then we'll go into the three alternatives which all three are horrible there is not there is no good one um so the first one uh the first cause is i think it was at the top top level of the chain. I, I don't want to speculate if you have if you have no like if there's no insight. Let's just go into what those three things okay, are. Okay, so the three alternatives, fine. Three alternatives. One was that they were going to go back to Minecraft and kiss the ring. Uh, I don't think that's going to work because they spent a lot of money to and do this report and do this like announcement. Like that's probably not gonna happen. The second was that they were going to find an alternative game. I feel like that defeats the purpose of the NFT, and I what well, the only option is like what sandbox uh, or the other side. But again, it kind of defeats the purpose of what it is they built in the first place. And then the third alternative was that they were going to turn into a game tech or game buy company. Uh, I'm not sure why I would want to use their services when they couldn't interpret an end user license agreement. So I I, I wouldn't have faith in that. All right. I mean, so Jonas and most importantly, what can we? What is going to pump now that they failed? You mentioned sand, so keep pumping sand because I have other that. side. I would other side is that the only? That's the only play. Just there, there's no the, the only competing metaverse that has any quality to it, even though it's still in early tech, would probably be other side. And what and there and there, what about Web two like Roblox type stuff? Is there any Web two stocks? That if, if if Minecraft did this, Roblox is no different. Why would you do that again? These are all. I'm gonna be just straight up. This is the most ridiculous thing. Every every developer makes the exact same promises over and over and over again in the history of software development. It goes to those that have uh, the audience basically, and until you have that active audience. Those are the ones that win. Those are the companies that get bought. Like that's just the bottom line. And so uh, the biggest issue facing NFT worlds or the most annoying part, which is a lesson from this, is that now there were way more stakeholders in this that don't even aren't technically quote unquote equity holders, but they may be holding world token. They may be holding the NFT worlds NFT. And all this uncertainty is essentially just crushed that. And so there's a lot of people that are left holding the bag, which is different than uh, most like game players and stuff like that, where like if the economics changes to the game developer like Zynga or something like that, well, the, the, the game developer is the only one that ends up eating the cost. Now you have a bunch of stakeholders involved in it uh, where they end up eating the cost, which is, uh, which is an interesting perspective because we focus on all of the upside and the beauty of being a stakeholder in all of this. But we don't discuss the downside, which is 
hey, when this thing fails, you're going to get wrecked, um, especially because you don't even have skin in the game. Uh, you just have an NFT or a token, which isn't equity. So I, I, it's, it's like sort of a cautionary tale, in my opinion. And I think where, uh, Jonah, where you're talking about other deeds, and I know Pio's cringing because it's so much other deed on this um, no, no, on this fine. episode. It's fine. But, but, but I think that um, what, what's, what I'm super hesitant about is watching Yuga make the exact same promise. They're, they're a corporation that has uh, their only state. They have two stakeholders. They need their NFT holders, the apes and the mutants to, uh, and basically technically the other D land um, to actually uh, do well. Um, but you're also going to uh, like, so you, you need the other, the, you need to cater to them, but they're legally, their only real stakeholders are their equity investors. So their brand would be ruined if they don't do well by uh, the apes and the mutants who have already benefited. So I feel like they've already done that check. And then uh, the only remaining people are the people speculatively buying other deed land and trying to generate value for that. But they're in the, I mean, I have no, uh, I'm not envious of the position that they're in right now with trying to deliver to those stakeholders because they're not even at the point where uh, NFT Worlds was where they had something that was like fully developed. They're they have they're, they're like a work in progress, and now have billions of dollars of uh, you know transactions on these NFTs. I don't know. It just, it just seems this seems can, like can one I respond to that? Yeah. So so I I agree. So I don't really trust any company. I but I do believe in what what I would call mutually assured destruction. And if they were to rug the same way Minecraft rugged NFT worlds, you, you can be assured that the Board API Club would be dead. Um, there's just not enough money for them to justify them doing that. Uh, the, the second part to that is it's actually not just owned by Yuga Labs. I think people actually have a complete misconception as to how other side is built. It, it is pretty much operated by Improbable, and Improbable is not owned by Yuga Labs. And Improbable has a much different vision for the larger metaverse than, than most of these other companies. And if you go read their light paper, they've specified that there are certain terms of service that people will, will be signing a very different end user license agreement that's much more open. And I would be look when this game releases or shows more, I would be very uh, I would be reading very carefully that end user license agreement. I would even do it on this show because that end user license agreement is going to define uh, whether you will get rugged or not. Page well, seventy four, paragraph three. Yeah, I was going to say, thou shall not <laughs> use a board ape. And a cool cat at the same time <laughs> in the cold way. I, I can't wait to do a 90-minute Jonah reading the end-user agreement on the show. I'm sure that's going to be all-time high. Paragraph for one. It's, but even even besides, <laughs> aside from that, and the normal like like Nick said, this is normal business. That's normal counterparty risk. But for these NFT traders, I just think it's just a more general like if a if you have one of these NFT projects with just a bunch of 24-year-olds, it has this gambling mechanism. And it sounds like, you know, there's you're like, well, how are they going to pull that off? Like, yeah, you should probably, you know, think a little bit harder about what they get, what they're capable of, you know, building on. If if you know if these kinds of things are happening, you know, they're, I mean, and, and and everybody's starting to, to be, be a little fair, more serious. If kicks reads or not, through or not, it, I think. Good I think if kicks reads through it, we're get, we're going to enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, if, so, if anybody but, reads the end user agreement, Jonah's going to climax on the stage. So fuck you it, I'll, I'll just, coming. I'll read it. I'll read it myself and then I'll come here and give the bullet points. Jeez, fine. <laughs> um, George, uh, close this out, amigo. What's going on? No, I don't even remember what I was going to say, but I'm just seeing, <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> I'm just seeing all these uh, Discord things coming through. I don't know if you guys have set something off, but the potatoes mint. Yeah, it's, it's pumping crazy. hard. And then this te- has anybody seen this like temporary name thing? Anybody know what that is? Can't uh, no. What temporary? Not, name. I don't know. I mean, I can I can like put pin it or something. But that, H- anyone... Hawaii Wave Spirit temporary name. This I don't know. Like basically, yeah, I'm I'm in the same boat as you. I have no idea what the fuck this thing is. But it's called like it doesn't have a name basically, and some shady, strange mint. But it's been picked up by Zenica and a few others, and I'm trying to figure out. What is going on? The art is insane, but but I yeah. Did Zeneca tweet it? No, he was buying it at some point last night. Um, hmm. Yeah, I mean he did. They, he was tweeting about it, but yeah. I'm not sure. Potatoes we're is at, crushing it, man. Yeah, potatoes is pumping really hard. Uh, we're at time, ladies and gentlemen. We do this show Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 10:30 a.m. Eastern Time, where we talk all things NFT and crypto markets. Join us tomorrow. We're going to be closing out the week. Tomorrow's Friday show. Uh, I brought Gentle Tornado on stage to send us off, just to make sure everyone's got plenty of energy going into Thursday. Uh, Tornado, take it away, amigo. Hey, hey, is this thing on? Uh, yeah, it is. We can hear you. I just wanted to talk about some other sides, more stuff. Fuck that! We're riding, baby! Nifty Portal, we're fucking out here. There's actual tornadoes in the world, but I'm the most gentle. We keep fucking riding till the end of time. Nick and P.O. are doing the best show. We got King Kicks, a fucking king. Let's go, quad fucking Jonah, Laguna, George, Jesse. Let's fucking ride! Woo! That's what I'm talking about. Shout out to NFT Worlds. You'll bounce back. Just remember the world is yours, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go.